You are listening to the Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Oh, that's not fair to bring that up, is it, McLovin? Yeah, because it was a sneaker and and a sound effect. That was not a sound effect. Oh, that wasn't a sound effect. Wait. When you were doing the push-ups, you think that they inserted a sound effect there? What what he just played? Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Let me go 18, to... 19. 20. <laughs> no. Wait, what? That no, was the sound no, effect. That, no, that one was a sound effect. That one was. Yeah. Give me... The, the second one was real. Give me... The second one was real. No, that's not what it sounded like. I don't, I've never heard this. Okay, Seton, play the real audio when McLovin was doing push-ups. Unedited, okay? I think I have it. Hold okay, on. here we go. Five clangs, six clangs. Are they solid? They're pretty good. Okay. Is anyone counting? Pretty up to 12, 13. 16, dude. 18, 19, 20. <laughs> that's not real wait what was that that's not real no, i said i just said what was that not real <laughs> yes Tom. but if it wasn't that like what would make that sound what type of weights equipment <laughs> it's not a shoe edited scooter. i seaton was that edited no, absolutely not. Okay. That one was not edited. The one, the loud one, oh, was, yeah, the, yeah. that was the joke. Yeah, okay. Yes, McLovin. Edited. I've heard that clip a million times. It never sounded like that. Paulie is the show historian. Was that edited? Okay, I'm going to try to be fair to this. It, From what I recall is they thought they heard uh, something, a squeak or a shoe squeak or a passing of gas, the guys in the back room at the time. Yeah. And then they added one in later in the clip. And we played it the next day on the show where it sounded really like it. The first little one you hear you squeak, I can't tell what that is. I thought it was a shoe squeak mm. years ago, but I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Play it one more time because nobody was walking around for the shoe to squeak. Oh, come on. <laughs> yeah, it's a little long. Thing. Unless it was McLovin's feet were against the wall or something and maybe you 18, made a noise there. 19. 20. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what was that? Yeah. Also, that was that one that was, was Todd's real. chair that, moving. That one was real, right there. I think so. Uh, welcome to the program. I'm gonna miss you guys. <laughs> Maggie's gonna be dialing up a bunch of fart sound effects. Yeah, right your your new sidekick. <laughs> you're not gonna have this kind of fun. When you leave, you're not going to have this kind of fun. I was thinking about something we did yesterday. I was laughing at Todd so hard. I was like, and it's one of those things. If you try to like plan to do a segment like we did yesterday. Oh, have you when you started this? Did you ever think, oh, I'm going to make these guys like, did you plot this out? Well, I knew I had something with Todd. I wasn't quite sure what I had with Seton. I knew what I had in Paulie. And then you came in and I just your personality. And I thought you could add a different element there. Todd's the only one I knew that, you know, America is going to love Todd or hate Todd, but they're going to be entertained by Todd. And then Seton, his laugh, uh, you know, he was just sneaky, funny. 
and then you kind of came in and you played you played a different role and you know so it worked that way that every all four of you guys are different yeah mclevin i remember a moment we were in your attic and we were shooting some sort of video and they placed me in a corner where I was underneath this uh, yeah. very short ceiling. And yeah. you came in the room and you just started laughing because my head was almost hitting the ceiling. You're, I think like a light bulb went off. Oh, I can use this guy. Well, it reminded me of Elf when you had Will Ferrell and, you know, he was just so big at the desk. And when I saw you there in the attic and you're on a little chair and I just said, somehow this is going to work with this guy. And but look, you were a great you know, you're a great teammate. You 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 embrace whatever I ask you to embrace. And that was really important because I said to you guys, you know, there are going to be people who are going to like you and not like you. Uh, but make fun of yourself first. If I'm going to make fun of myself, then you guys need to make fun of yourself as well. And you, you did that, uh, except for, you know, that sound effect here where you could have embraced it and you said, yeah, that was me. Play it again one more time there, Seaton. Five clangs, six clangs. Are they solid? They're pretty good. Okay. Is anyone counting? Fritzy up to 12, 13. 16, dude. 18, 19, 20. <laughs> Wait, what was no, that? No, that was added. <laughs> We're childish. <laughs> was, was that, did, did it sound like, you know, one of those Vikings, you know, the old days? <laughs> like where you're calling off in the distance. You're from your... <laughs> Brutal. Would you like to leave today as your final show and not wait until... What do you have, two weeks, less than two weeks? Can I still get Shepherd's Pie later, by yes, the way? Yes, you can. Okay, well, that, then, yeah. as long as that's in play, then we'll talk. You can get it to go. By the way, in case you're wondering, it's a Meat Friday Guinness Shepherd's Pie Irish soda bread. Who has it better than we do? Nobody. Nobody. Poll question, McLovin, for hour two. Okay, you can build around one of these veteran quarterbacks next year. Matt Ryan, Kirk Cousins, Jimmy G, or Big Ben Okay, Matt Ryan wins. Big Ben is at 1%. Yeah. Nobody wants that. No, I don't. You I don't, said don't even put him no, on the poll. No, I don't want Big Ben. I mean, Hall of Fame career, and this is it. You know, let him have a victory tour, or at least try to get victories here. Uh, make sure you uh, check out danpatrick.com, all your holiday shopping. Got so many great gifts there. By the way, the podcast that I have, Dan Patrick Takes a Gamble. Bad Larry won again last night with his pick with the Vikings. Bad Larry is now plus 25 units on the year. So if you do the math, up 25 with Bad Larry, you're doing really well. Uh, Dylan, who also gambles with Bad Larry on the podcast, it kind of looks like a stock market crash where he started out okay and then he's going down, down, down. I told him, why not pick games and then pick against yourself as far as actually betting? Because you'll probably do better. Yes, McLevin. I saw in game the Vikings had like, it was like plus 28. You could bet on the Steelers. Isn't that the safest bet to bet that the Vikings are going to make it close yes, yes. in game? Absolutely. Why? Uh, I don't know. They, they keep you in the game and they keep them in the game. Did you see where Peloton 
is upset because of the Sex in the City remake that Big dies on the Peloton bike? Yes, McLevin. Uh, I woke up to an entire rant on this. My wife's a huge Sex and the City fan. <laughs> he actually doesn't die on the bike right after he rides the bike, and it is a big problem for Peloton. Yeah, so the first episode of And Just Like That, the limited uh, series that premiered last night, ends with uh, Big uh, after he has a workout there. And then uh, so Peloton's upset with Sex in the City. Huge spoiler there, by the way. Well, I, I'm letting you know why they're, why they're upset about this. Now I'm not going to see it. No, okay. Um, but didn't we already have a Peloton? Didn't they? Did they get positive uh, publicity? Remember the um, the woman who got the Peloton for Christmas, and she's kind of forced the terrified wife yes. getting the gift. She's who's in spotless, perfect shape gets the Peloton from her husband <laughs> for a gift, and he's sitting there watching Sports Center while she's. Working out at 5.45 a.m.? Yeah. That commercial? She makes the video over the course of a whole year about how the Peloton bike that he provided and she, changed her life. So and she's it's like finally she, in shape. She's not allowed to get off the bike. Like, she has that look. Like, terror. Yes. Okay, here goes. <laughs> yes, Todd. And she's, like, blinking at the camera, like, help me. Like, sending out some kind of signal. Like, he's got me kidnapped here. Okay. I got it. Oh. So, yeah, sorry about the spoiler alert. I was just, uh, you know, saw the headline with Peloton. But, yeah. <laughs> The first, well, it's like I'm watching uh, the mayor of Kingstown and the first episode with Jeremy Renner and Kyle Chandler. Well, Kyle Chandler gets killed. Oh, boy. Well, I think they're now Spoiler episode alert. six. So if you don't know that now, then. But I'm watching and I go, <laughs> wow, Kyle Chandler, Friday Night Lights, Jeremy Renner. Okay, I like this. And then all of a sudden I go, Kyle Chandler just. Got shot. Yes, Todd. And you were like, clear eyes, full hearts. Can't die. <laughs> but he did. Watch talented home bakers compete in Baking It, the holiday bake-off series hosted by Maya Rudolph and Andy Samberg. A panel of opinionated grandmas as judges stream Baking It now, only on Peacock. Go to PeacockTV.com and sign up. Phone calls always welcome. It's the Heisman weekend. We have the Kenny Pickett rule. Not officially, but it will be from now on that uh, college football came out and said, if you give any indication you're going to give yourself up, not slide, then they're going to rule you down. And Kenny Pickett, who joined us uh, earlier in the week, said that he didn't even it wasn't premeditated. He wasn't planning on doing that. It just happened. And I said, well, you're probably going to get the Kenny Pickett rule. Also, don't know if he's going to play in the Peach Bowl. Uh, information I got yesterday is he might not be playing against Michigan State in the Peach Bowl. But get through the weekend with the Heisman Trophy ceremony, and then I don't know if he plays in that bowl game. But we saw the point spread go. It changed four points. Now it's a pick em game against Michigan State. Yes, Pauline? With the new rule in college football where if you start a slide, they just the play's over. They already basically have this rule in the NFL. Will that work the same way? Let's say a quarterback is running out of bounds, is like putting on the brakes, and, and the defenders start putting on the brakes, and then he cuts back upfield and tries to fake going out of bounds. That wouldn't be under the same uh, no. rule, would it? No. That would be legal. Yeah. All right. Yeah. For now. Yeah. I don't know if they're going to take a second look at that, where a quarterback, where you kind of get the feeling he's giving himself up, up as he goes towards the sidelines. Uh, but then all of a sudden, if he decides to, you know, stay in bounds, 
Todd has a limerick based off of uh, last night. By the way, we wanted to talk to Ray Allen. Ray Allen is still the all-time leader in three-pointers made. We thought we would talk to him before he is now second on that list, which probably is going to happen over the next, uh, I don't know, 72 hours. But Ray Allen will join us coming up. How does he feel about his three-point record going down probably this weekend with Steph Curry? And Zachary Levi, he plays Kurt Warner, the Kurt Warner film. And uh, he was also Shazam and Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Uh, he's going to join us a little bit later on as well. Yes, McLevin. Yeah, I uh, my fandom is more research. My fandom's going down. I thought he was like Ryan Braun and John oh, Green. And member of the tribe. One of the great, yeah. Yeah, member of the tribe. Uh, Demarius Thomas passing away at the age of 33 was a shocker. I don't know, you know, if it, they said it's a medical condition. He was going to turn 34 on Christmas. Demarius Thomas played with the Broncos. Um Man, he had that he had that touchdown reception with Tim Tebow in the playoff game against the Steelers. Thirty three years of age. Yeah, McLeod. Very well liked too. Very popular player. Yeah. A lot of people. All right, eight seven seven three DP show. Email address DP at Danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at DP Show. Uh Fritzy, the limerick from uh last night. Let's do it. All right. When watching the Vikings, there's a glimmer. Things look promising, then they get dimmer. An injured Dalvin Cook had the knack, yet Pittsburgh almost came back. Is it still time to fire Mike Zimmer? Okay. Well, thank you, Ty. You're welcome. Yeah. Well, there was talk that Mike Zimmer, if he lost to the Steelers, could get fired. I think Jason Lockenfora of CBS Sports put that out, but uh, we don't have to worry about that today. How long did it take you to put that limerick together? Uh, I'd say about eight minutes this oh, morning. Okay. Did it sound that? Oh, did it seem rushed? Well, is, no, is... no, 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 no. I just, um, sometimes I wonder how you kind of break up your day, like how much time you put into certain things. It took me 25 minutes to find the right Emmanuel Shrieky pictures to send you to go along with the, the, the birthday wishes, which you didn't need to actually know what she looks like. You didn't need me to send like 17 pictures of her. No, I appreciate that it. That took longer than the, the limo. Yeah, Sloan from Entourage turns 46 today. And, uh, be, you know, I appreciate the pictures that you sent me. Member of the tribe, I believe. Yes, she is. There you go. Yes, she is. Yes, uh, she It's not five minutes, not ten minutes. Oh, roughly eight minutes. Yeah, eight. It's like eight twelve. <laughs> I like to keep track of these things. I put it in parentheses next to the limerick sheet that I put down. All right. Thank you, Todd. Yeah, I got issues. Okay. Yeah, you do. All right, we'll come back. Ray Allen will join us, and uh, we'll get to phone calls. We'll update the poll results. Uh, the three-point king... For the moment, Ray Allen, and he's going to have to take off his crown coming up this weekend. Is he planning on going to Philadelphia or maybe the Pacers? I think that's on Monday. Feels like Steph's going to have that record by uh, maybe Saturday against his brother or it could be Monday against the Pacers. Take a break. Back after this Dan Patrick show. It's amazing. Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year automatically. No limit on how much you can earn. And that's amazing. Even more amazing because of all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of the places in the United States taking credit cards take Discover. And that means when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing the word yes more often. You can learn more at discover.com slash yes. That's discover.com slash yes. 2021 Nielsen Report limitations apply. 
Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Bears Packers Sunday night on NBC and Peacock. Aaron Rodgers and Justin Fields should be a interesting matchup there. I was almost going to say a showdown. I don't think you can say it's a showdown in the NFC North, Bears and the Packers. Ray Allen, the uh, Hall of Famer, two-time NBA champ. And uh, we wanted to have Ray on so I could still call him the greatest three-point shooter of all time. And then that'll probably change in a couple of days here. But uh, Ray Allen, kind enough to join us. Huh? It doesn't have to change. It doesn't? He'll call me that. I can still call you the greatest three-point shooter of all time? Yeah. Are you the greatest three-point shooter of all time? Well, that's uh, certainly subjective, uh, depending on who uh, who you're talking to. Uh, and, and, and I think that's uh, something that it's interesting when we talk about that in sports, when, when we talk about who we think the greatest of all times is when you're talking about, you know, whatever quarterbacks to, you know, best basketball players. <clears throat> I think it's important to understand, like, because we all have a different perspective. You know, if you live in a great football city or basketball city, you've seen great basketball and, and what it means to you. And and the game has certainly changed over the years. So as, as I've always tried to push who I think the greatest of all times is in any particular sport, I started to think about it and I was like, but that's to me, you know, it's my opinion. And, you know, kids today, they see what they see based on, you know, social media, and they can't imagine somebody being better than the current players that are playing today. Yeah, and, and I'm just looking at volume. And, and really, I don't even know how to quantify this record. Because it's not like Barry Bonds' home run record or Kareem's all-time scoring list. This is Steph Curry at the right time in the right place gets an opportunity to take 8 to 10 to 12 three-pointers when you first started out, you were shooting less than four three-pointers a game. If you were starting out yeah. now, you're probably shooting eight to 10 to 12 three-pointers a game, I'm guessing. Yeah, no, most definitely. Uh, when I first got into the league, uh, to shoot a three-pointer was like, you know, it was like <laughs> forbidden. Like the coach got mad at you, he'd take you out of the game. Uh, he wanted you to swing the ball, throw it into the post. And so, you know, it started to, to evolve. So I, I've been seeing all these uh, these posts about, you know, how many games I played and with my record compared to Steph. And I thought to myself, I was like, what, what actually does that mean? Uh, because everybody's like, oh, he did this many more games. And to your point, it's, it, you know, we shouldn't be comparing because it has nothing to do. It doesn't say that he's a better shooter than me or I'm a better shooter than him or we're better than Reggie. It just is a number based on the the time frame that we've played in and how we've had an effect on the game while we played. Yeah, because I, I would never say that I was better than Reggie because uh, Reggie basically, he grew a lot of us young shooters up and we idolized what he did and we kind of built into our into our practice, into our routines, into to how we play the game off of, you know, the 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 – the example that he set. And so to, to try to compare myself to him is like, you know, this, this, he's part of me. And that's kind of 
I think as we start to move on, every each generation sees what the the previous one did, and they build off of what they did. And that that's what makes the the, the game great and the players great because of who's come before them. Ever lose confidence in your shot? Uh, I think I've I've lost confidence in, in my shot. I think I know I always was going to be able to shoot the next shot, but the thing that's most difficult is when you when you go into a slump. You're the, it seems like you're the only one that's trying to help you get out of that slump because, you know, the, the, the escalator moves on because every coach is like, well, he's not shooting the ball well, so we'll sit him down and put somebody else in. And so I'm like, well, coach, I need more touches. Um, so it is it's certain for shooters, you have to be able, be able to find a way uh, to get to the free throw line, to get the easy layups, uh, to do the things that don't put pressure on your long ball. Who taught you how to shoot? Well, my dad was a great shooter. Uh, he shot right-handed and left-handed. Um, I always give credit to Jeff Lynch uh, at, at the base that I grew up in, in, in Edwards Air Force Base. I feel pleasant because they gave me the fundamentals. You know, I still have the video of when I was shooting free throws, and it looked very terrible. And then um, as I got older, um, I had um, – you know, Coach Hobbs, who's now at Rutgers, they had a big win last night. I don't know if you've seen that Yeah, shot. I did. And Ron Harper's uh, son hit the game yeah, winner. Yeah, Ron Harper Jr. So congratulations to Rutgers on that, on that game winner. Um, but Coach Hobbs, was, he was a guards coach uh, at UConn my freshman year, and that was his first year at UConn. And he gave me these tools to work on that I needed to get better at, at shooting and being a guard, a guard in college. <clears throat> so – it seems like there's not one person, but there's a collection of people over the years. And, and I don't think any any year that I played, I thought I was good, but I was always getting pushed by somebody from one year to the next. And something was being added to uh, to my training, to workouts. And, you know, I was just a, I soaked it up every every year. But you start to look at around the NBA and there are guys who just can't shoot. Yeah. How do you react to that when you see a guy who can't even make, you know, 50% of his free throws? Well, uh, I've come to find out that free throws, uh, it's just focus. And, and I think we, we don't understand how emotional they are. And, and if you don't take that emotion that you have in games, think about it. You either just got knocked down, uh, you know, you hard foul, uh, the score of the game, you either down two and you got to make these two or, you know, you're up two and you got to ice the game. There's different scenarios that force you to think about the free throw. And if you don't practice that uh, during practice, then you're not preparing yourself for the game. <clears throat> and then further, when you think about so many guys shooting threes, how many guys – take a three when they don't need to, and they can just kind of take that one-two dribble and get the mid-range uh, jump shot. And that takes the pressure off the three ball, a time when you didn't need it, and you figure if you, if you took nine threes in a game and you're like two for nine, if you only took six and you're two for six, you know, you get those other little mid-range uh, shots going, then it, you might even be four for six because now you, you got yourself a little confidence going. Would you be in favor of moving the three-point line back? Uh, no, I, I don't think moving it back. Uh, what if you would, eliminated the three point shot? Um, it, it would definitely make the game more methodical. 
uh, I think, because then you'd have to move around. Better? But Would it make it better? I, I don't think so. I think it'd be more helter-skelter because the three-point line is it gives us a sense of spacing. Uh, it's a threat. It gives us, you know, for for uh, for the defense. But I think the best way to use a three-pointer is that, is just to threaten your opponent that you can shoot it, and then you set it up with your great shooters and you're able to get into the paint and do other things. Yeah, but there's no movement in basketball. <laughs> it's a lot of stand around because of the three-point shot. And you got guys who are shooting threes who don't shouldn't be shooting threes, Ray. It's your, yeah, it's your fault. Yeah, I agree with you. And I, I, I don't blame myself at all, by, <laughs> any, by the way. Um, I like to think that I, I put some good stuff out there and, and set a good uh, tone. But I think what it boils down to is a lot of the coaches, uh, when you think about what they accept and what they allow, uh, because I've, as you know, in the last six, seven years, I'd be watching games, even uh, in the high school level. I don't see it as much in college, but you see kids shooting between half court and three point line. And then the coaches don't say anything like I get it. The three is more worth more than the two. But at some point, a coach has to reel in certain guys and say, you know, percentage wise, you know, until you get you know, work on this shot and you get better attempts and you're more efficient. I don't want you shooting threes. I want you to get to the basket. You know, we've lost a little bit of the mid range game and the post game for sure. Well, what uh, would happen so, if Shaq was playing now, if Shaq came into the league right now, the league, it would have to change again because Shaq was just too dominant. Uh, I think that I believe that the, the way to go back because what well, we're, we're a copycat league. So when, when golden state started winning championships, what happened was everybody had to adjust to how they played if they wanted to try to beat them. So they sped up their games. A lot of people started finding shoot threes and three shooters and trying to get them to, 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 to shoot the ball. A lot of bigs lost their jobs. You know, they moved to the benches. Um, Philly had a kid from Duke. Um, Elton Brand? Uh, no, 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 no. Uh, you know, a little bit younger. Uh, big guy. Uh, he came into the league as they started shooting threes, and then he actually had no no place. I can't think of his name right now. But until until Philly wins the NBA championship, you know that's when I think it's going to revert back to you know a big because you got Embiid down there. That team right now saying we don't really have to 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 deal with him because they're not dominating the Eastern Conference and the NBA to where we need a defensive big and a big that can score on him down low. Right now, we don't have that. And so until they do that and they change it, uh, the game is going to be where it is. We're talking to Ray Allen, the uh, two-time NBA champ, <laughs> the all-time leader in three-pointers made. Are you going to – Are you have you been asked to go to the game in Philadelphia or in Indiana, the next two games for Steph? Yeah, I, I've, I've talked with – I spoke with, uh, with the, the – people with uh, with the Warriors and I actually spoke with Steph a little bit uh, trying to kind of help him navigate uh, this whole process. Uh, it's an exciting time for him uh, and I, I try to give him the kind of what I was dealing with and you know going into the game and and everything that that, that led up to it and you know I was fortunate because it was uh, I, I broke the record in Boston against uh, the Lakers with Reggie in the building so it's just only appropriate that uh, I find my way there uh, by hook or by crook. Uh, I don't know where it's going to be, so 
I got to kind of watch this thing. Uh, I don't know if you noticed, but I'm coaching myself, uh, Gulliver Prep here in Miami. Yeah. And so we have games as well. So it's kind of like a, a, a tricky situation for me trying to navigate kind of what, what it is that, that happens with them. But why don't you I go and heckle him, Ray? Why don't you like put up a sign I, or yell out, I'm the king? Because if you haven't watched anything over the last 12 years, that's not going to bother stuff. I know. <laughs> <laughs> who do you think would be a better three-point shooter knowing who they are if they started out now, Kobe or Michael? Well, I, I think they both were underrated three-point shooters. When you think about they, – they just – it's like if you could do one thing great and a couple things great, then some of the other things get overshadowed. Mike just never really had to shoot threes because he was so good inside the paint. Kobe was so good just scoring in, in general. So um, if I had to say between both of them, uh, you know, for, for it's hard because they, they both play with their back to the basket. They both were slashers at the rim. Uh, I, I just don't think that their games were designed to just sit out there and wait and sit behind a three-point line. But better form, better shooting form. Jordan uh, or Kobe? Better form. Jo- Jordan for sure. Really? Yeah. See, this may sound strange to you. I think Clay Thompson is a better stand shooter than Steph is. Steph yeah, is, it's like Steph just creates. Clay, you know, get the ball, maybe one dribble or catch and shoot is more dangerous than Steph. Is that, is that a fair assessment in your opinion? Well, I wouldn't say more dangerous because Steph has the ball all the time. You know, so you have to really take that offense or that defense and you have to contribute two and then sometimes three guys to him. And then that's where everybody around him is able to 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 be great in their roles. But in my comparison with, with Clay, Clay is moving without the ball. He, he can shift the defense uh, when he gets open. Everybody gets open, similar to, to how I played. I believe that Steph is in a lane of his own that I don't think he has. You can say, you know, he and Damian Lillard uh, with their ability to shoot from deep uh, and and be able to handle the ball and get to the the paint. But Steph gets to the paint more than Lillard does. Uh, But I would compare uh, Clay more to myself and Reggie because we are moving without the ball. We're kind of on the weak side a lot. And and throw Rip Hamilton in there, you know, even though Rip wasn't – he, he wasn't a big volume three-point shooter, but to be able to move the defense and to come off pin downs and screens and shoot in transition without touching the ball, that's a, that's a real, real talent. Is LeBron a good shooter? Um, I, I, I say he, he's a good shooter, but he's also a field shooter. The more he has the ball in his hands, you know, he can make shots. He's a shot maker. Yeah, I don't like I don't like the form and I don't like that he's taking all these threes, but I think that might come as you get older that you just don't want to drive to the hoop and take the beating. Yeah, and you feel it when you get older, you feel, you know, you don't have that 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 uh, there's a the, like a sponginess for lack of a better term that your your body, you know, your your calves, your ankles, you feel that sponginess when you're younger, when you get older, that goes away a little bit. And so you can, you can work on jumping just that, that, that much and perfect your shooting from, from outside. Like when I had one of my best shooting nights when I had, uh, 
uh, patella tendonitis uh, when I was playing in Milwaukee. And I just managed how to come off a screen and shoot just by jumping a little bit and pushing the rest away with my hands. And so LeBron, with his size, he has so much upper body strength, though. He's going to be able to maintain shooting and shooting well, but he has to have the ball in his hands to keep that rhythm. Did you ever air ball a three-pointer? I'm not. I'm not going to say no because I'm sure somebody could find some <laughs> somewhere. Uh, but I, I, I always get on my kids because the, I said varsity players, you guys should not be shooting air balls nowhere. You know, get the ball, let it hit the rim. But uh, you know, just like anything, never up, never in. So shooting the air balls, like you didn't even have a shot of it going in. But see, you got to show your kids. And I do think this is great because people now, you know, they find you again and then we talk about you. So I think even though you're going to lose this record, it's also great to shine the spotlight on you one more time or at least one more time with, you know, your greatness at, at shooting. Yeah. And then it goes back to Reggie as well, because there's a there's a, a beginning and then there's a where we are now. And, and how about an over 50 three point shooting contest uh, over 50? Yeah. I mean, you, you'd be surprised, you know, over 50 guys can still shoot, you know, Reggie can still shoot. You see Reggie, he's a cyclist. He keeps himself. Well, you're not shape. 50 yet. So not yet. how old are you? 46. Okay. So an over 45 three point shooting contest. Are you the yeah, one seed? Uh, I mean, I, I, I like my odds. Okay. It's anybody over 45 for sure. Reggie's I, still I, still pretty good. Yeah, I, I, everybody's good. Like, I, I, the one thing that you have to remember, and I tell this to everybody that, that you know, is a fan of mine or, or, or loves the way I shot the ball, is that for for majority of my career, I wasn't the best player. I won't say majority, but for a lot of teams I played on, I wasn't the best shooter on my teams, you know. I had uh, Eddie House, uh, great, great shooter, and, and, you know, was like the microwave. I think you're I, being humble. I think you're being oh, humble. Oh, I'm telling you, these guys, it's like when you see that every day and you're, you're pushing and they're shooting the ball, like Mike Miller, James Jones, Michael Red, like those, those types of guys, they shoot the ball so well. And, and when you see them shooting in a practice, they're going at your head every single drill. And it pushes you, and you just stay challenged. You stay competing. And without guys like that on my team, you know, it's hard for me to think how good I actually could could have been without that 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 example. Maybe I get Bird. Bird sixty five. You know, he might be able to give you one rack. <laughs> He'd be able to give you one rack of balls. Talk some smack. But remember, Bird Bird didn't rely on athleticism to shoot. So it's all in his hands and his wrists. So I I do believe he can still shoot it. And you pointed out, you know, that people forget this, that Steph with the legs, Trey Young with the legs, like your shot starts with your legs. And I think people forget about that uh, when you're trying to create your jump shot there. And that's, I think, an underrated part of uh, great deep shooters. Yeah. And every every if you go back to every all star weekend, when you look at the three point shootout, you listen to the commentary of, of uh, the broadcast and they talk about the guys who have a, a greater chance of winning because they are more push shot shooters. So you see they get the ball and they just push it from here and they get to the rack and they just push and they don't rely heavily on their lower body. And however you do it, you know, it's, it requires practice and understanding what, what your release point is every time you shoot it. And you got to get it off quick, obviously, playing around great athletes. So you take Steph – 
he doesn't have a lot of movement in his lower body. Same thing with uh, with Trey Young. And so they get the ball off quick because it's to get the ball, just you, you just push it up there, and they've perfected that. So it's not – when people look at me, when they look at Reggie, when they look at Dale Curry, Dale shot the ball up here. So when you look at all these different shooters, there's everybody has a different form. Mine was severely – uh, reliant on, you know, my legs, my lower body. So, you know, you catch me on a shoot around in Chicago in January and February, I was having a <laughs> tough go at it to start the day. Cause that, that, that United center at the time was like, it felt like it was 30 degrees. <laughs> I'm like, I, I can't jump. Everything I'm shooting is front rim. I'm like, I, I just don't, I, for, so for me, I had to really get warmed up. And I had to understand my body. Yeah, but Ray, it, did, it didn't bother. Jordan. It didn't bother Michael Jordan jumping in the United Center. Nope, and that's why he was great at seven thirty at night. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he was every every night at seven thirty. He was great. Uh, yeah. hey, great to talk to you again, and uh, hopefully uh, you get some recognition, more recognition out of this. And uh, thanks for joining us, Ray. Right, that's, seeing, that's, that's Ray Allen, Hall of Famer, two-time NBA champ and uh, 10-time All-Star. He's the coach of the uh, boys' basketball team at Gulliver Prep in Pinecrest, Florida. Love the form with Ray and the repetition. That's the key. And, you know, when, when you see guys like Ben Simmons and, you know, they are not comfortable getting at the free throw line, Ray's right. And you must put yourself in the position mentally of – how do you create that in practice? And we used to run sprints and then you stop and then somebody had to go to the line and shoot a free throw. And if they missed, then you ran sprints again. So you're at least in that moment where you're not just, Hey, let me walk up and shoot 10 free throws. Cause that's easy to do. Now I put some pressure on you. Now the team runs. If you miss, I got to put Ben Simmons in moments like that just to say, Hey, build your confidence, get your routine, get your form. And well, who knows when he plays again, but hopefully he's working on that right now. We'll take a break. Phone calls coming up back after this. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's me, three-time Pro Bowler LeVar Arrington, and I couldn't be more excited to announce a new podcast called Up On Game. What is Up On Game, you ask? Along with my fellow Pro Bowler, TJ Hushmanzada, and Super Bowl champion, yep, that's right, Plexico Burris. You can only name a show with that type of talent on it. Up On Game. We're going to be sharing our real-life experiences loaded with teachable moments. Listen to Up On Game with me, LeVar Arrington, TJ Hushmanzada, and Plexico Burris on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. It's rivalry week in the NFL. Sort of. Don't have rivalries the way we once did, but the Sunday night game, Bears-Packers, it's been one-sided since Aaron Rodgers arrived in Green Bay, and in fact, he self-proclaimed that he is the owner of the Chicago Bears. At least there's some history here, and uh, interesting that the league's most important rivalry is a, a surprise impact game. The Cowboys visit the Washington football team. Dallas is 8 and 4, Washington is 6 and 6. Uh, Washington's won 4 in a row. Here's Mike McCarthy, the Cowboys head coach in guaranteeing the win. 
We got to do whatever we got to do to win the game. These guys are very accountable. The work ethic of our football team, the whole space is very high. Uh, they're very accountable. Uh, we know what people think of us. We love that. Uh, we're comfortable who we are, where we are. Uh, but I'm excited about what's in front of us because you know we, we you know we're we're going to win this game. Um, I'm confident in that. Okay, I don't. I mean, all right, he guaranteed it. Like, do I care that Mike McCarthy guaranteed a win? I don't. You know, the players might care. It's like, coach, you know, we're the ones that have to go out there and play. But it felt like Mike McCarthy came back because he was out with COVID and he came back and he wanted to let people know that he's still running this team. Remember when he had him uh, smashing watermelons uh, one time? Wasn't there butt powder, monkey butt powder? Like, you know, what, what, what do we got? Mike McCarthy is Gallagher here? Yes, uh, Fritz. And I know we're not as high on the Cowboys as we maybe once were before the season or early in the season, but they're not these great underdogs that, you know, that we know what people are saying about us or what they think of us. So I know he's trying to get some kind of motivation going, but do we really think the Cowboys are you know, some mediocre team that may shock us and do something in the playoffs? They should win, yeah. No, I think that the Cowboys, you know, can still be an NFC title game contenders, absolutely. But, like, there has to be something attached to this. Mike McCarthy says, you know, I guarantee we're going to win or what? And there is nothing attached to it. That's why whenever we have bets around here, I'm like, the audience doesn't care that you're saying, no, this team will win. No, this team won't. What's at stake? Nothing. Then move on. Nobody cares. But when there is something attached to it, like in less than two weeks, Fritzy says, you're going to cry when McLovin leaves. And I said, I won't. And then... The loser takes a pie to the face. You're so competitive, you're just going to not yes. cry no matter how you really feel. No, I have to tell myself that I hate McLovin, where I hate him more. Yeah, I was going to say. But I have some tricks up my sleeve for that last show. Oh, that you think that I'm going to cry because you're going to... No, I don't think you're... I think I can maybe make you cry. I have, I don't know if I could connect it directly to me leaving, though. Mm. There are other things that make you cry. Yeah, but, you know, we're going to get champagne. It's going to be your last day. We're excited. I mean, we're going to celebrate. Show clips of Titanic on the back of TV. <laughs> I didn't cry at Titanic. Is there a movie? Is there a good Brian song? Oh, I'll do the speech. For, oh, I'm going to save it. Remember at the end when uh, Brian Piccolo? Uh, yeah, I remember it. Yes. You know I, what I cried watching the other night? It's a movie. Sandra Bullock is in it. No, it's on speed. Speed, speed not, two? Not Miss Congeniality. The one in outer space? No. <laughs> yeah. No. Was that the George Clooney one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. I thought that was funny when George Clooney kind of floated away. I, I did. I laughed. It was like this. It was basically speed in space where she was like, <laughs> I, <don't know." laughs> I cried. It's a uh, Sandra Bullock, Ryan Reynolds movie. <laughs> oh, where they go to Alaska? Yeah. Proposal. Demolition the, Man. The, the Proposal, I think it's called. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm right with you. <laughs> My wife goes, what are you doing? I go, I don't know. But uh, Ryan Reynolds is Sandra Bullock's assistant, and she runs a publishing company. And uh, she's going to be deported because she's Canadian. And then he has to play the role of her fiance so she doesn't get deported. Yeah. She's been so career focused, she never found time for love. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. A gorgeous woman, and, uh, you know, she doesn't have a boyfriend. Yes, Todd. And so their pretend relationship ends up actually becoming a, a real relationship. Yes. Yes, it does. And then they switch bodies. No, no, there's no body switching. Craig T. Nelson is a dad. Craig T. Nelson, who only acts like Craig T. Nelson in every role. Coach doesn't, he doesn't act like it's just Craig T. Nelson being Craig T. Nelson. 
Speaking of acting, he is uh, the star of the Kurt Warner movie, Zach Levi. Is he a member of the tribe? The back row wants to know. Two hours in the books, one more to go on this Meet Friday. Seton Pauly, Fritz and McLovin, yours truly, Dan Patrick Show. One more item, we close that hour two, level select CBD, sports creams, and roll-ons. It's all about sore muscles, post-workout discomfort, popping up in new spots all the time. If you're lifting weights, if you're running, golfing, use it before, use it after. Level select CBD, sports creams, and roll-ons. Carson Palmer, Ricky Fowler, Steve Garvey, just to name a few who use it, endorse it. I trust level select CBD because, first of all, formulated with doctors, high concentration of CBD allows you to feel it work immediately. Made with 0% THC. And when I say works immediately, 30 seconds or less. I apply the Level Select CBD, the roll-on right to those sore spots. Let that proprietary blend of CBD go to work. Go to LevelSelectCBD.com. Make sure you use the promo code DP30. That will give you $30 off your entire order today. So $30 off LevelSelectCBD.com. But make sure you use the promo code DP30. LevelSelectCBD.com. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, and South Dakota.